0: Today on CityCast Chicago, during the pandemic, I moved my classroom into my bedroom and started a whole podcast in my closet, and both of those required new pieces of furniture. Uh, but I was shocked at how long it took for new furniture to actually arrive. But while those shipping delays were a huge headache for customers like me, it's helping some local businesses. I'm talking antique shops, resale stores, and auction houses. A business reporter explains the trend and we get a little tour of a 40,000-square-foot antique mall in the Burbs. It's Monday, September 27th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Is there anything you have your eye on right now?
1: I definitely need a new couch. I've been sitting on it for way too long throughout the course of the pandemic. It's become my office as well as my relaxation area. So I need to start shopping around for that.
0: Ali Mariotti is a reporter with Crane Chicago Business. I moved during the pandemic and I was trying to get some new pieces, a bookshelf, a couch. You know, I, like so many people, was being told, you know, it's going to take a while because of supply chain issues. When we say supply chain issues, what exactly are we talking about, right? Why is it so hard for people to get, you know, basic furniture items?
1: We should know that this is something that's affecting many different industries. I'm sure you've heard all throughout the course of the pandemic, I don't think consumers have ever been more aware of the supply chain than they are right now. started early on with food and you know toilet paper, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So if we look at the furniture issues, what we're seeing is a lot of factories, manufacturers abroad and domestically in the U.S. that have run into issues throughout the course of the pandemic having to shut down because of closures, because of positive cases, all that kind of stuff. So then that sort of backed everything up. And then we saw the surge in demand from everybody wanting more furniture, moving into new houses, buying second homes. We saw a lot of that here in the Chicago area. So demand is up. And at the same time, you're not getting as many pieces that are coming out of these manufacturing facilities. And then on top of that, we have a lot of issues with um, the freight industry and a lot of that comes from some of the really tight labor market that we're experiencing again in many different industries right now um, so you hear you're hearing all these stories about ships and cargo containers that are backed up in the ports in California all that sort of the Suez you know.
0: Canal port earlier this exactly, year exactly
1: exactly and then trickling down to truckers.
0: So you can't get your new desk from Ikea or wherever. So people instead are going to antique and resale shops.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the biggest thing that's driving this in this moment is that these antique shops, they have the supply, right? So last year in 2020, A lot of furniture home goods stores saw this bump where it was like we were talking about everybody needing new desks and chairs at first and then deciding to spend their disposable income on sprucing up their living spaces. That was driving sales at Crate and Barrel, at Wayfair, all those companies you can think of. The similar phenomenon was happening at antique shops back then. But a lot of the dealers were wondering, is this going to last? And I think with the supply chain issues, it has really solidified a lot of their, you know, their curiosities around that. And they've said this is definitely something that's going to last.
2: We've had some of our strongest sales months since the pandemic, and I've heard the same from other antique dealers that we know across the country. My name is Meredith Shifferling and I am the store manager of the Roscoe Woodstock Antique Mall in Woodstock, Illinois. I've always said my house is kind of like Pee Wee's Playhouse meets the uh, Adams Family's Munster's House. <laughs> The mall is gigantic. It's about 44,000 square foot, including its workshop. Um, It's two levels, so you'll see slot machines, jukeboxes, pool tables, pinballs. Did I say pinballs? I don't know, like the weekdays used to be kind of quiet days where we would get projects done and things like that. But now there really are no quiet days. The things we specialize in have sold very strongly, even if not more strong than before the pandemic the slot machines, the things like that. I don't know if people are just looking for investments. You know, they were forced to stay home. They were bored. They wanted to spend their money if they had it, you know. Vintage clothing and Halloween. We cannot keep vintage Halloween in stock. And the second
1: we get one piece, it sells. And we can look at not just the shops that you walk into, like in Andersonville, um, the Brown Elephant, that kind of stuff, right? We're also looking at really high-end shops, dealers, auction houses here in the city. Something that's driving that is the interior designers that are getting commissioned to do these projects, redo entire homes, and they cannot get the projects done because they can't get you know, a, a sofa or whatever it may be. I spoke with um, a high-end auction house here in Chicago called Hindman Auctions, and bidders are buying are paying 20 to 30% more there. So they're buying more pieces, but they're also paying more for them.
0: Let's stay on these dollars. Like, how much of a boom are we talking? What are those dollars looking like?
1: For most of the stories that we report about trends, you would get an industry dollars to look at how much the entire industry has been boosted. But because this industry is so fragmented and different, like, you know, the used furniture industry spans everything from stuff sold on Facebook marketplace to these $18,000 set of chairs, you know, just speaking to kind of the individual dealers that I spoke with, there was one in Edgewater um, he was telling me that revenue is up 20% this year We've seen some that have doubled. There's one dealer; um, it's called Modern Hill Furniture. It's out in countryside, and they were telling me that they expect revenue to reach um, almost six million this year, and that's up from 1.8 million in 2020 and 1.2 million in 2019. So you can kind of see there how they did see that bump in 2020, but this year it's just been completely astronomical.
0: Uh-huh. Is that an oddity, or or have you been saying like no, like there is a there is a sense that businesses across the the spectrum have been seeing this bump.
1: Yeah, 100%. It seems that across the spectrum they are. And another thing that I wanted to point out too and – Consumers pre-pandemic, they would only think about costs and convenience when they would buy something. So if we think about, you know, ordering stuff quickly on Amazon. And during the pandemic, we've seen that shift a lot. We've seen people wanting to buy things that are more eco-friendly, for example. You know, they're just thinking, it's just not all about convenience and price. There's a why behind it. Why am I buying this? So I think that's also really played into these antique dealers' favor because they can talk about how... This is a product that's been around. We're not taxing the environment in any way producing this. And I think that that is something that they've always done, but they're really leaning into now that consumers are more receptive to it. The other thing is the desire to support local businesses, which really rose up you know, throughout the course of the pandemic. And I think a lot of these antique shops, they're kind of like your main street type of businesses that people like to go to just around the corner. They just want something that's unique, one of a kind. Or they just have a passion for it. You would
2: think, oh, maybe it was just older retired people that have money or whatnot. But we also we sell jukeboxes. Most of the people who buy them are under 30, which is kind of neat. And there's a lot of nostalgia. You know, younger people come in. Oh, my mom had this. My grandma had this. And you know, they like to covet what their their family members
1: had. Not to take the conversation to TikTok here, but TikTok is driving a lot of this too, you know, and you can, it's not just millennials getting into it. Gen Zers are getting really into it too. There's a lot of new TikTok channels, a lot of influencers out there that are going to estate sales, driving prices up there, you know, driving interest and all that. And one of the big things that they're always talking about is sort of the eco-friendly nature of it, the environmental impact. And so I think that definitely does play a role here.
0: Well, Ali, again, thank you so much for joining us on City Cash Chicago. Ali Mariotti is with Crane Chicago Business. I appreciate you joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Late last week, workers at an El Milagro tortilla production facility in Little Village walked out. Organizers stated that poor working conditions, long hours, and unfair wages have been the status quo for years. They also said a lack of COVID protocols has led to 85 workers getting sick and five deaths. After years of litigation, community pushback, and start-stop construction, the Obama Presidential Center officially breaks ground in Jackson Park tomorrow. Former President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama are scheduled to be there. And some good news to get you through. Destinos, Chicago's International Latino Theater Festival, is back. They open this year's festival with the play American Mariachi at the Goodman Theater. The festival runs until the end of October. Check the show notes for more information. Remember, for more Chicago stories and events and a full write-up on that El Milagro walkout, subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. All right.